When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What makes a burger a burger? No, this is easily the best question you're going to be asked today, or at least the most delicious one. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. Pew, pew. Yeah. Doing the hump, doing the hump, hump to hump. But we've got this. What's the deal? What makes a burger a burger? Okay, this question fully comes from our good friend, and we say good friend because she's our boss, B. Arthur. She got real animated oh. uh, in the prep uh, experience as we were preparing for our show today. I was telling her this story about, and I told you, Holly, about this, and maybe we'll get to this at some point. There's something called bread steak, which is really just French toast, savory French toast. Um, but isn't all French toast savory before you put the sugar and the syrup on it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, right? Because it's right. just bread and eggs. Yeah. And this bread steak is just a piece of French toast without the sugar. Anyway, so <laughs> so I was like, I had this whole thing about how I hate when you call things one thing, but it's not like a veggie burger. I'm like, you don't need to call it a veggie burger. Just call it like a bean fritter and be excited to put it on a bun. I don't care. But, like, you're not fooling me. It's not a burger. A burger is a burger. Anyway, <laughs> that led to her saying, like, but what's a bur- what makes a burger a burger is a burger a sandwich? And I was like, look, I don't have all the time in the world to debate whether a burger is a sandwich. But I think we could at least try to attack the idea of, like, what is the defining characteristic of a burger that makes it a burger? 651-641-1071. That's the question we're asking and Holly, um, I mean, it seems relatively easy, but I'm not so sure because is it the bun? Because, you know, burgers are not sandwiches because they're on a bun. Hmm. Right. Like, because we there was this whole conversation about burgers and like patty melts. Like a patty melt to me is a sandwich. Yeah, because, because it's of on the bread. bread. Right. So then I was like, well, is the defining thing about the burger the bread? The defining thing about a burger is the way the meat's prepared. A burger, ground beef, or some other kind of meat that's ground. Because you could do a turkey burger. You could have a chicken burger, but why would you? That would be really dry. You could do a lamb burger. So it's the way that the meat is prepared. You're saying like a ground patty of some sort. Yes. Because even a veggie burger would qualify with that definition, even though I have, you know, I love eating vegetables and legumes. But like when people say veggie burger, um, I get confused because I'm like, are you just trying to make me think it's going to taste better than a burger or taste like a burger? Because it's not going to taste like a burger, but I'll eat it. 
but if I want a burger, I'm going to need a burger anyway. So maybe it's just the idea of ground substances shaped into a patty that are then nestled between two pillowy buns or pieces of bun. Bun? Anyway, 651-641-1071. What makes a burger a burger? And we've got a couple people on the line already. Mary is on the line. Let's go to Mary and see what she has to say. Okay, Mary, what to you makes a burger a burger? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm laughing because, yes, to your point, it is ground anything yep. in between two buns. Yep. But then the big thing is condiments. Oh, okay. Tell me more. So, okay, you've got your mayonnaise, your ketchup, your mustard, your lettuce, onions, avocado, whatever. Put it all on the side. And then when it comes to you, you can build your own Mm -hmm. because my whole thing is you're building it wrong. Oh, okay. So... You're saying that the the creativity you get to put things on it makes uh, a burger a burger. That is my take. Okay, I like but that. But again, I was giggling yeah. that you had an argument. I mean, we had <laughs> a yes, full-on heated conversation about what made a burger a burger. Thank you, Mary. Um, what makes a burger a burger? Holly, I think Greg is on the line. Should we listen to Greg and hear what he has to say? Yes. Okay, Greg. What to you makes a burger? What is the defining characteristic of a burger for you? Hello? Hello. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, so you could have a hamburger without the bun. So when you put the hamburger on a bun, now you got a hamburger sandwich. Because you could also, in contrast, have a ham and cheese. You could just have plain ham and cheese, but then when you put it on the bread, you're having a ham and cheese sandwich. So you think a burger is a sandwich? Well, it's the meat. The hamburger itself is the meat. Oh. And then when you put it on a bun or on bread, then it's a sandwich. I see what you're saying. So to you, it is a very specific thing. It is a ground beef patty in and of yes. itself. And then if you want to put it on a bun, then it's a hamburger sandwich. Yes. Okay. All right. All Greg right, is Greg. very scientific in his approach. Although I will point out one perhaps flaw. Nobody says hamburger sandwich when they order a hamburger. Right, but sometimes hamburgers are in the category of sandwiches on a menu. You will say sandwiches and burger, but That's then it's true, called burger. But don't you believe that mostly these days it's like sandwiches and then burgers? It says it depends on the establishment. <sighs> yeah, see, again, this is a very complicated discussion that leads us in all manner of directions that can only be answered by our listeners. 651 What makes a burger a burger to you? And Jack is on the phone. Okay, Jack, what is the defining characteristic of a burger? Well, I think size matters because if it's a slider, <laughs> it's smaller than a hamburger. So you could have the same condiment, same, you know, oh. bun or, but if it's a slider, it's smaller than a burger. A burger is about the size of the palm of your hand. Okay. But it's smaller than the size of your hand. Because my grandfather used to take hamburger and make it long, like a hot dog bun. Really? And that's not a burger. Yeah, he would fry it that way. What did he call it? Uh, he, he, oh, boy. You know, I never quizzed him. I was a listener, so I didn't <laughs> ask. So he didn't have a special word for it is what I'm saying. 
No, but when I think they fit into the pan better. You could cook two rather than one in the middle of a fry pan. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, that so makes sense. I think sense. that's why he did it. He was ahead of his day. time. Thank you, Jack. Thanks, they, Jack. They do that at gas stations now. They have that uh, that log of ground beef like tw- twirling on the uh, hot dog machine. But have the, you ever seen those? No, but then wouldn't you call? Holly, they look really bad because I would like you to imagine ground beef in a log. I mean, I can see where it would perhaps have a uh, textural similarity to I some other feel things. feel like that's why they never took off. But Jack's grandpa uh, obviously had a, knew a good thing when he saw it. Yeah, but then here's the question. Okay. Would, would a ground beef or just like some ground meat in that form, then would that become the realm of the sausage? in that shape i well, mean yeah. it doesn't have the and people casing. say well th- some you know some sausages don't have casing but they're still sausages so to that point i don't know because here's another question for you is it a meatball sandwich just a burger we're going through the looking glass See? here people <laughs> you don't want to think about it too hard because by the time you know like but but it's kind of like the the supreme court's definition of porn you know it when you see it. Like de- deciding what makes something artistic and what makes something pornographic is very much in the eye of the the pervert. Should we go to Maria? Is yeah. on the phone. <laughs> she can have the last word All on right. this. Maria, you're going to have the last word on the defining characteristic of a burger. What makes a burger a burger to you, Maria? To me, a burger is ground meat formed in a patty. A veggie is not a burger; it's a veggie patty. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, a burger, a burger is meat of yep. any kind. I don't yep. care if you want emu, ground up, <laughs> <laughs> or ostrich or hamburger. You know, to me, it's the meat. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Maria. Thank you yeah. so much. And no shade to my vegetarian and vegan friends. I love vegetables. Some of my best friends are vegetables, Holly. I love them so much, too. <laughs> well, right, because... But I would end. never purport to call a piece... Like we, we talked about this earlier. I would never call a, a portobello mushroom a burger. No. Unless, maybe, unless maybe you minced it up with, you know, ground beef or something. Yeah, if you minced it up and then it was formed of something else and maybe you could, but then a portobello instead of a, a, a patty is just a sandwich by another name. Yeah, so I think sandwich applies to anything but a burger. Like, I think a burger is just a burger, and then everything else is a sandwich, except for hot dogs, because hot dogs are not burgers nor sandwiches. Not even a sausage. Yeah, oh my God, man. I don't know that we decided anything. In fact, I think we have more questions at the end of this segment. Mm -hmm. Well, the good news is we have no more questions about whether TLC is going to drop uh, the TV show Counting On. Thankfully, they are. Holly's got all the latest um, and more on the Duggar family when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071. Wondering what the Duggars are up to? Well, TLC has an update regarding one of their ventures. And Holly has all the details. Good afternoon, as I said. Um, it's about 18 minutes after the 1 o'clock hour here on My Talk. Don't forget to download our app if you haven't already, because in addition to a bunch of uh, fabulous prizes and fun things that you can find yourself um, being a part of, you can also listen to all your favorite podcasts and uh, episodes of your favorite shows right here on My Talk 1071. Okay, Holly. I uh, was trying to uh, take a deep breath before we got right into the nasty. 
Oh, Cause you got some nasty updates. That's for nasty. Well, yeah. So TLC has officially canceled the Duggar family series counting on after 11 seasons. Wow. That's insane. That's insane. That show's been on for 11 season. Now they canceled it because of the ongoing child pornography case against Josh Duggar. Now Josh Duggar himself didn't appear on count- counting on, but his wife did. So he was affiliated with the program And a spokesperson tells Variety that TLC will not be producing additional seasons of Counting On. TLC feels it's important to give the Duggar family the opportunity to address their situation privately. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Now, in case you didn't know, Counting... Take your nasty somewhere else. Yeah, take your... (laughs) That's the Hollywood speak on that. Take your nasty someplace else. We don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. (laughs) TLC, we love nasty, just not that kind of nasty. Yeah. You're too nasty. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. TLC has been in this situation before with the original series, 19 Kids and Counting. That was the show that brought us the Duggar family into the public consciousness. Now, that show was canceled because of the same thing. Womp, womp. Yeah, because that was after uh, revelations that uh, Josh had touched uh, his sister inappropriately, right? Yeah, the 19 Kids and Counting was canceled in the, the mid-2010s after reports jo- that Josh Duggar had molested five underage girls, including oh two of his sisters. I for- had forgotten it was five. Yeah, It was multiple. So, oh. so TLC decided to go, hey, look, guys, we can't do this 19 Kids and Counting. But hey, but- the rest of the family, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Money talks, money talks, dirty cash. I want you. Who did that song? I don't know. Dirty cash. I need you all. But counting on was just a rebranding of the show. Now it didn't focus on Jim, Bob, and Michelle, the matriarch and the patriarch of the Duggar family, but it focused on their children and their growing families because Josh Duggar's wife Anna Duggar was featured on Counting On with their six children. By the way. So they were featured on Counting On. The last episode of Counting On aired September 22nd of last year. So it's been a hot second since any of these shows were produced. I don't know if they were working on a new season or not. But at a certain point, you just got to ask TLC, what the heck you doing? What the, what, what the heck are you well, guys doing over there? And you know, it might be time for TLC to move on from all of this because this is very TLC from I I think of the sort of apex of TLC's hot mess days when they had um, shows like uh, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo mm-hmm. right um, do they still do that oh, what was the one where people were eating like VapoRub My Strange Addiction because we used to watch these shows Colleen and I used to be all in to the TLC uh, family of hot mess. Well, sure, and I think that Colleen still dabbles. In, Does she? In- Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Album, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. In, in some of these, I think she has expressed her fandom for them to yeah. a certain degree, but uh, not not the Duggars or anything. I, I don't think yeah. anybody on this show watches that. So... um it just seemed like there was a certain point at which we didn't think too carefully about what was actually going on in order to provide us entertainment. We were just like eating it up like, this is hilarious. <laughs> Look at them. Not steady. Rea- not, not realizing <laughs> that this was actually real people. Yeah. Real lives who were kind of being, you know, treated as uh, circus animals, right? Or circus performers, trained circus performers. And meaning they were there for us to all laugh at. And meanwhile, there's some actual people. And also sometimes, you know, in an attempt to get a story, because you'll remember that the reason Here Comes Honey Boo Boo went off the rails at TLC was because Mama June was dating her ex who had molested one of her children. That's right. That's right. Right. So Mm -hmm. they were forced. That's why Here Comes the Honey Boo Boo left TLC, if I remember correctly. And then, you know, they have since gone on to be at We, I think, the We Network. Yeah. Well, and they've recontextualized that show as being the family being concerned for Mama June. There was the Mama June makeover experience. Yeah, from not to hot. Yeah. And then the subsequent uh, drama that and substance abuse drama that mama june has been going through in her life so it's become more of like a intervention type show which was of the tlc universe of programming but also then it still require it makes the mistake because it still requires that you have a hot mess in order to solve a problem right so like you can't just have happy well-adjusted people you need to have some drama and anyway the the moral of the story is sometimes if it's too if it seems too good to be true it probably is that that you know, just echoes in my head when I think about the TLC shows and mm-hmm. the Duggars specifically, like this is the risk you take when you involve yourself with a family for the purposes of reality television. You take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. And then when the bad happens, you drop it like a hot potato and say, we're going to let them figure it out for themselves. Yeah, which I mean, I get because no business wants to attach themselves to that. But Maybe you could have done a little more due diligence to figure this out before you arrived, or I don't know. I don't know that there's a correct answer, or I'm saying that TLC should be held accountable for the sins of the Duggar family, but I just feel like we are in a different place when it comes to who we're going to put on TV, or at least people are thinking more carefully about who they're going to put on TV, and that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing at all, being reflective like that. It's unfortunate. It's like, oh, well, TLC, you could have had a reflective opportunity in the mid-2010s, but then you decided, hey, we're going to move this forward with it. This makes a lot of money. Yeah, this makes a lot of money. Oh, so that's all the Duggar chat that we can stand on this show. Let's it is, because we need to get to our D-bags, like uh, celebrities behaving badly, even though that's what, oh gosh, it continues. And it'll do so on the other side of this break right here on My Talk 1071. We'd be nothing without you. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us here on the Colleen and Bradley Show this Wednesday, June 30th. It's the last day of June. I think, right? Is tomorrow the first? Yeah, tomorrow's the first. I can never remember. 30 days in June. 
All I know is like 30 days past September, New York, Chicago, and uh, what? Holly's looking at me. Like, I don't even know. I, but what, what was the saying, right? Like there's a saying and I just never was able to commit it to memory. I'm not 30 either. 30 days past September, New York, blah, 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 blah. I don't think there's a New York in there. Anyway, let's get right to the D-bags, shall we? Presenting Lord <laughs> and Moving Lady right Douchebag of the Day. Because we've got some D-bags to get to. Bradley, who's your D-bag? Oh my God, thank you. The aptly named Andy Dick. Oh. Still goes by the initials A. Mm. Okay, this story about Andy Dick. <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah. Andy Dick was arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. No, um, he's, as described by page six, troubled comedian Andy Dick was arrested over the weekend. And you brought this at the top of the show during uh, the Dirt Alert update. Apparently for assault with a deadly weapon. Now, in trying to figure out what had happened here, because I feel like the last we heard of Andy Dick, he was busy living up to his name in some capacity. I think he was like licking people or groping people. Like, we'll get to that. It's the only time we ever talk about Andy Dick is when he's acting like a jerk. We we never talk about him in his professional capacity anymore. No. Well, we used to up to a certain point, and then he just kind of like went off the rails and, you know... He's one of those people that used to, I I kind of love that we live in a world now that doesn't tolerate Andy Dick because we used to live in a world that did, that he was allowed to just be, you know, like there was allegedly, supposedly something funny about him. Well, he used to do parodies. Remember when he parodied Christina Aguilera, Aguilera, excuse me, by being Christina Aguilera's sister, Daphne Aguilera. And that was a whole running gag, I think on MTV. Well, and you know, Everything that came along with an Andy Dick was tolerated to uh, up to the point where it wasn't any longer and it no longer is. But now he mm-hmm. was actually arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. And I was like, what? Like, I thought gun. Turns out, I think it was like a metal chair. Ooh. So according to a woman named Elisa Jordana, who hosts or co-hosts uh, a YouTube show called Kermit and Friends, she says that Andy Dick assaulted his lover, Lucas with a metal chair. Quote, he could have killed him. She goes on to suggest that um, Lucas, who's apparently, whose last name is apparently not available, uh, was was taken to the hospital at the time, and she goes on to say, I saw pictures, I saw video, it's not good. The LAPD did confirm that they arrested An- uh, Andy Dick, and um, th- this is just, like, bizarre and shocking, and, like, I, I can't believe he's still allowed to, like, roam around throwing chairs at people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, she went on to describe uh, this. Uh, uh, what's her name? Jordana, Lisa Jordana. Do you know who that is, by the way? Because I don't No, She's a YouTube person and she's allegedly Andy Dick's fiance. OK, well, you said that earlier in the show. And yes. I, was like, I don't think she's his fiance because I think he's got a lover that is male. I suppose you can have all of yeah. the above yeah. if, you, if you want. But like, does she mean like he's my podcast fiance? I don't think it's particularly clear. Okay. So anyway, this Jordana individual went on to talk about Andy Dick having numerous issues with, oh, look at this, substance abuse, run-ins with the law, being prone to spinning out of control and getting very aggressive when drunk. We all knew that Andy Dick uh, previously had been a problem. Um, So this, I guess, isn't a surprise, but it's still shocking that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he still hasn't seemed to 
addressed his issues. When I went to the bottom of this article, by the time I got to the end of this article in page six that talks about Andy Dick uh, living up to his name, he recently launched a podcast called Addicted to Love, emphasis on the her, um, in which, quote, he was planning to talk with doctors, therapists, spiritual leaders, and recovery specialists to help him get on the right path. So his latest business venture was to trying was trying to clean up his act. And I would argue that perhaps instead of making it a business venture, just go do that. Yeah. And then you can work on your business ventures. Yeah. You know, maybe just take it a day at a time. Now, I'm looking at Alyssa Jordana's Instagram account. And the last thing that she posted five days ago was a picture of herself with Andy at Casa Del Mar. What's, think, what's that? A restaurant? I, well, I think it's a hotel. It, yeah, it's someplace where they're eating food in Southern <laughs> California. Oh, yeah, it's in Santa Monica. So they're out and about, and she's obviously has some kind of relationship with Andy Dick because when you look at her Instagram account, he's all over it. They went on a date to the Saddle Ranch. They were doing some podcasting and some videos together. And here's a picture of them from March 17th where they're obviously working together in some capacity. This is really fascinating. It's also very messy, and it makes me slightly uncomfortable. Here's a headline that'll bring some uh, reality to this situation. Exclusive. Andy Dick's roommate, seen kissing the comic days after he proposed to Howard Stern star Elisa Jordana, claims engagement is a sham, as she slams his attention-seeking bride-to-be and claims he never divorced mother of his children. Okay. So... So... He has a person that he lives with. That's the potential, maybe the person that got the chair thrown at him. Mm -hmm. Then there's this podcasting person. She also revealed that Andy is legally married to his estranged wife, Lena Sved, the mother of his two, the mother of two of his three children. Oh, this is too much, Bradley. Can we just lump? I want to lump her in there, too, because this is all just weird. I, what what are you people trying to to accomplish here? I don't know. I don't understand. Oh, God, it's so much. And it I really just don't is. have time for it. Okay, what who's your deal? Okay, uh it's variety. Oh, variety the whole publication or just the spice of life? <laughs> the publication. Oh, okay. I have no beef with the spice of life. But it's this is actually taking a really fascinating turn because I, I selected variety for my D-bag of the day today, Bradley, because of this headline story that I saw a couple of days ago. The big story on Variety.com. Kevin Spacey is ready for a comeback. But is Hollywood? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Let me... I, I saw this story... But in all honesty, I did not read it beyond the the headline. What is this? Is this just wrestling with the obvious, which is that Kevin Spacey wants to have his career back and we're not ready for it? Or Yeah. Well, this story in Variety is doing the back and forth of Kevin Spacey putting his toes back into the world of cinema with a role in that Italian movie. Yeah, Remember like, we talked about him? Basically like a... Like a walk-on. Yeah. Essentially a walk-on in an Italian film. That caused some controversy about a month ago. Well, this variety story, in and of itself, it's fine because it's a trade publication. It's meant for people who are working inside Hollywood. And it's a meditation on whether or not Hollywood itself is ready to bring back somebody like Kevin Spacey into the workaday fold. Which is a conversation to have, right? Yeah. But the fact that this is the lead story, or this was a couple days ago on Variety.com, 
just it, it rubs the wrong way that you're giving this much space to an individual like Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And this was this is the warning that I, uh, I you know, it, it's not like I was the only one who saw this coming. But at the time when Kevin Spacey went away, it was like, do you think Kevin Spacey will this means his career is over? Because, you know, it's very it's very popular these days to talk about canceling people and. You know, people say like, well, we canceled him. Um, I don't know. Like, like people's attention span in this country is very short. Mm-hmm. And there typically tend to be more uh, people to focus our attention on or direct our ire toward. Uh, and so then we tend to forget. And long, not long after, you know, those people tend to creep back. Why? For so many reasons, but I think also because we're lazy. Yeah. And the business is lazy. And they're like, well, this dude is really good at what he does. And he's a known quantity. And he's got connections. Yeah. And he knows how the business works. I mean. Well, and somebody out there, my read on that Italian movie was that if we get a name like Kevin Spacey attached to this, Somebody out there is going to see that, recognize the name. It's going to help us secure financing for this project. And then we'll be able to move forward and we'll be able to make it. Scratch my back. I'll scratch yours. It then helps rehabilitate his career because now the sort of scab has been ripped off in terms of, you know, thinking about Kevin Spacey acting again. So perhaps the public outcry will be less the next time. He does a little bit bigger of a role. I mean, again, I'm not saying that's the right thing. I'm just saying I think from where I'm sitting, it seems like this is this is just part and parcel of his comeback plan. Whether or not it's successful, I don't know. Yeah, and that's what Variety ultimately is contemplating. It was just disheartening to see that this was their top story that they were leading with. It was like, oh, okay, well, you're giving a lot of space to this Kevin Spacey consideration when... As an editor of a publication like this, you could probably give space to a lot of other stories that actually maybe would be positively impacted by your consideration and meditation. Yeah, like here's a young actor who is unencumbered by decades of sexual assault allegations going all the way back to a 14-year-old who currently actually has a career in Hollywood but doesn't get as much headline exactly. coverage yeah. from yeah. the trade publications. Mm-hmm. So. No, yeah, Variety didn't come to a conclusion, but they did note. And it's something <laughs> And it's something that's noted. It's like, well, you know, Kevin Spacey, if he wants a comeback, you know, what does that mean? What does that look like? And, you know, what? it doesn't seem like Kevin Spacey has really, like, done anything in his own personal behavior to maybe perhaps make his way back to Hollywood. Yeah. Usually you'd have to have some sort of remorse. Yeah. Right. And instead he puts up weird YouTube videos on a park bench and possibly Florida. Pretending to be Frank Underwood, a role which no longer exists. Yeah. But he's still playing. Yeah. Okay. That's nasty. Thanks, Variety. You did Mm -hmm. a great job on that coverage. Wonderful. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I don't know what Madonna's up to, but I think you do, Holly. She's apparently, um, I don't know, trying to seem relevant again. <laughs> She's shaking her fist and yelling at clouds, Bradley. Uh, that right. Madonna. Will, will you tell us that on the other side of this break? Well, get off her lawn! Get off Madonna's lawn when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show here on My Talk 1071. Pew, pew, it's Wednesday! Hop day! 
somebody who is no stranger to humping your leg for attention, Madonna is <laughs> in the headlines again. Kind of. I mean, she's trying really hard. And so Holly hard. is on the um, aging uh, pop star beat with <laughs> a story wherein she's trying to remain relevant. Oh, Madonna, bless her heart. You know, you got to And I give say this gr- as yes. a fan, by the way. Well, and I'm a fan of Madonna, too. Let us set the table correctly, Brandley. Mm. You're a fan of Madonna. I'm a fan of Madonna. We both like Madonna. Indeed. And I live with a certified fan of Madonna. Did he have the Madonna seal of approval? Well, he did uh, touch her hand once. Okay, that works. Yeah, during a concert. Okay, uh, we'll take it. It's what Madonna did on her Instagram stories today that just made me do one of these big time. So she put a picture of Lil Nas X's performance from the BET Awards over the weekend on her Instagram story. And directly underneath that, she placed a photograph of herself, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera performing at the Video Music Awards. That performance where Madonna kissed Britney, then kissed Christina. And then she put the hashtag, did it first. Oh, God. Madonna. Madonna. Oh, she did that thing. She did that thing that Madonna loves to do, which is she likes to claim pop culture history for herself. So anytime anyone does anything remotely paying homage to a moment of Madonna history, she just likes to stamp it out and say that she did it first, and you should be paying attention to her. There are so many delightfully problematic things with this, mm-hmm. um, and I'm so glad that Twitter, because, you know, just like, if you need to scratch the itch of judgment and um, <laughs> and uh, just problematicness, yeah, just get go yourself, to Twitter. Yeah, get yourself a bag of popcorn and start scrolling. Because as somebody rightly pointed out, she's being dragged because she was able to use Britney's image for this but not voice her support presumably for Britney, meaning like uh oh, you'll post a picture of Britney when she serves your interest, but why aren't we freeing Britney? Yeah. But also Madonna, we talked about this earlier off the air. Do you remember when Madonna essentially stole Marilyn Monroe, like dug her up from the grave and carried her corpse around on her back for years? (laughs) Diamonds, anyone? I laugh because it's true. Well, and that whole thread of Marilyn Monroe paying homage to Marilyn Monroe. Okay, well, let's start. Yeah, Madonna paying homage. Let's start with the music video for Material Girl. In 1984 and 1985, where she directly lifted Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend from the movie Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and recreated the whole thing. Costume, set design, the whole shebang. Yeah. You I mean, this that. is nothing. This is nothing new. Also, no. same sex kisses. It's a little different as expressed by Lil Nas X for a number of reasons. Feel free to come to my lecture uh, in the break because I, I'm not going to do that here. But I feel like it's a substantially different expression yes, as exhibited by Lil Nas X than the one exhibited by Madonna and Britney Spears, you know, like, 100 years ago. Yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah, Madonna also. Yeah, so Madonna, you have exhibited the same behavior that you are taking Lil Nas X to task for, meaning... You have gone through the pop culture archives. 
You have paid homage to a moment of pop culture history, reinterpreted it for the present moment, and put your own spin on it. This is the way that pop culture works. And this Madonna image that she put on her Instagram story comes on the heels of something that we talked about a couple of days ago, which was Courtney Love getting really upset at current pop star of the moment, Olivia Rodrigo, for putting out a photograph that paid homage to her album cover, Live Through This, from her album Hole, or by Hole, excuse me, her band. So it's like such next level, next level, next level, tired, boring, like somebody already did this and they did the reaction to this five minutes ago. Right. Like, right. so you're making a comment that you did this thing, which was allegedly supposedly revolutionary, transgressive, you know, at cutting edge, you know, uh, off like, you know, whatever, whatever you think you're doing, not only are you pointing out that thing, but then your reaction to the thing is also five minutes too late because um, Courtney Love just made herself look like a mess doing this five minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. So stop it. Yeah. So stop, honey. Yeah. And people are taking Olivia Rodrigo to task again. Now, Olivia Rodrigo. So she has a big hit right now. Driver's license. One could argue that Olivia Rodrigo is the pop star of the moment. Well, other people were making, uh, were criticizing Olivia Rodrigo for ripping off an Elvis Costello song on her album. Now, the thing is here, instead of Elvis Costello having beef with Olivia Rodrigo, Elvis Costello makes the observation that, Bradley, you were making, that it's same as it ever was, meaning that pop culture gets reinterpreted constantly by people who come after you. If, this, go ahead. Just really quickly, if anybody ever tells you or acts like they're doing something shocking or controversial or... Um, innovative when it comes to pop culture and entertainment. I want you to go all the way back to like the beginning of uh, silent film. And no doubt you will find someone who did the exact same thing then. And it was probably lifted from people who were on the stage in the late 1800s. Thank you. Continue. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Elvis Costello replied to an article in the guardian that some people were accusing Olivia Rodrigo of plagiarizing one of her songs off of her album and saying that it lifted from an Elvis Costello song. Now, I can play these songs back to back for you. Why don't we do that? Okay. Just to put it in the context. So this is the Elvis Costello song. Pump it up. You might know it. It's the song that you think of when you think of Elvis Costello. I'm just going to play the opening riff here. So people are saying that Olivia Rodrigo lifted that rift and put it on her song brutal so let's listen to brutal i don't know Uh, i don't know who put this music together did they consult like did they pay for this experience did they at least pay homage to the experience i mean it sounds similar it sounds similar but lots of songs sound similar to other songs in the past and I don't think that it was a direct lift of Elvis Costello's song. Otherwise, they would have paid him for it. But he said to the person who wrote that Guardian article, being critical of Olivia Rodrigo, he said, this is fine by me. It's how rock and roll works. You take the broken pieces of another thrill and make a brand new toy. That's what I did. Because Elvis Costello was like, if you listen to my song, Pump It Up, I actually lifted from Subterranean Homesick Blues by Bob Dylan and the song Too Much Monkey Business by um, uh, Chuck Berry. So he's like, I lifted my song from these guys. And this is a much longer, deeper uh, conversation that I am not wholly equipped for. 
But there is this whole idea that like increasingly we become so proprietary over everything that we do because it is to be made money off of. And it is that like selfish desire to make money off of things in perpetuity that we are very particular and and hold the creative things uh, that we created dear. Right. Like, so I just think that it's that it it's a complicated discussion. But at the end of the day, all art and entertainment is built from other art. Right. Right. So we'll be teaching a semester class on that uh, later. Gosh, we get deep and we get shallow here on the Colleen and Bradley show. When we come back, here's a question that's very deep. Oceans or mountains? Mountains or the ocean? When we come back.